Good morning. So great to be here with all of you this morning. It's been 15 years since we were last at this church. So this was the very last church we visited before going to the mission field. We were here, and then the next week we got on a plane and left. And so it's good to be back after so many years. And I just thank you, Pastor Randy, for having that. that at that service, that last service before we left, you, you said some things to us about showing up, and it, it has helped us through our years of ministry to continue to be faithful to God's call. So I want to introduce you to my family. Uh, we've got a picture here I want to show you just so you can get to know, know us a little bit. Um, my wife, Myra, she's from Del Rio, Texas. I'm from Fort Worth, and both of us wound up at Hunts, in Huntsville and uh, gave our lives to Jesus because of Chi Alpha Campus Ministries. God used it, changed our lives, and uh, we felt a call to go to missions. And so we... Left for the mission field, just she and I, newly married, and then we became fruitful and multiplied and had three kids. They were all born, and um, so you take a Texan, Texan and a Mexican, and then when you, what you get is three Chileans. So they were all <laughs> born in Chile. Uh, Naomi, she's 12 years old, and she just this last week got asked twice by two different boys to homecoming, and praise the Lord, she said No. You know, I sold my truck and my guns to go to the mission field. I, I'm kind of wanting to get some of those guns back, you know. <laughs> but uh, John Mark, he's nine years old, wants to be a Taekwondo master. He's a miracle from God. God healed him before he was born. I'll tell you another time about that story. And then Caleb is five years old, and he is, reminds me every day how much I still need to learn. Amen. <laughs> and uh, we have the privilege of serving in Chile. Uh, where, as Pastor said, we, we started the Chi Alpha program there on 20 different campuses and planted a church in the city. And that's all because of our partnership with you. You partner with us, you pray and you give to the church and the missions, and that enables missionaries across the world to do things and see lives be changed with the gospel of Jesus Christ. I want to say to you, after 15 years in person, thank you. Thank you so much for all your faithfulness to missions. And as Pastor said, I've got a map. I'll just quickly share with you just a few things that we're doing that before I dig into the text this morning, just so you know what you're praying for and investing in. This is now our new responsibility. You can see all of Latin America, Caribbean, the dark green area in that map, the lower half of the South America is our responsibility now. It's called the Southern Cone. That's Argentina, Brazil, Chile, Uruguay, and Paraguay. And God's given us the privilege and the honor to be the new area directors for that uh, region and, and pastor and serve over 80 missionaries in the field. And they're doing ministry. I mean, incredible ministry. We're talking about people that are working in the Amazon rainforest, that uh, they're working with unreached people groups, and they're unreached not because of political persecution or because there's the government's against it. They're unreached because they're hard to reach. They're hard to get to. They're, you have to go hours and days up in a boat and then hours and days hiking and into the, into the rainforest, and there's over 30 people groups, thousands of people, that in the history of the church, not one time has Jesus been proclaimed among them. And we have the privilege, my wife and I, to lead and resource missionaries like this, and we, we lead missionaries in the big mega cities of Sao Paulo, Brazil, 20 million people, down on to Uruguay, which has more cows than people, Little bitty tiny country, but it's the most secular nation, most godless nation in the whole uh, Latin America, all of the Americas, and they need Jesus, amen? And so we have the privilege, and we ask you to pray with us because we 
uh, or believe in the Lord, and maybe you want to be part of a team uh, with us. We're believing the Lord to raise up five church planning teams in the next five years to, to, to send more missionaries and raise up leadership and see this area be reached with the gospel. Amen. And then we're also, I just want to share a quick story, and we've got another picture for it if you want to pull that up. We've also been asked to be the missions directors for uh, Chile. So we'll still continue to live in Chile. We're not moving. My kids would kill me if we move from Chile. They are Chilenos, their heart, you know, they love it. And so we are staying there. That will be our base as we travel and visit countries. But God gives us the privilege to serve people like this. You see in the picture? Ten years ago, my wife and I ministered at a youth camp. And I, we preached that night and said, bow your head. Close your eyes, ask God to give you a vision of a city, a country, a people, a flag, whatever, and uh, that you might want to, that God, he might want you to go to to share the gospel. And that night, this young man bowed his head and saw the vision of a flag that he had no idea where it was from. He had to get on Google and, um, and, and look it up, and he realized it was the same flag he had in his hand in this picture, country of Afghanistan. And 10 years later, he comes up to me now that we're the new missions directors. And he tells me this story 10 years later. And there's his wife and daughter. And, you know, you think, how, how are they getting in? That's not possible. It is possible because with God, all things are possible. And we're believing these couple right here to go to the mission field very soon. And God's given us a vision that we'll send 50 new Chilean missionaries to the mission field in the next five years. So would you pray for those two things? Five new church planning teams and, five, and 50 new missionaries in the next five years. Amen? Amen? And thank you, thank you so much for your giving and praying and missions. And let's go to the book of Habakkuk this morning. Habakkuk chapter two. Now that's in the latter part of the Old Testament. So you might have to do a little dig in there. It's kind of stuck in there. It's what's called one of the minor prophets. And so it's uh, not because they're minor or less important. It's just a shorter book. <laughs> and so go to the, the book of Habakkuk. And uh, chapter two, verses one through four, I'd like to talk to you this morning. This is probably some of the best advice you're gonna get all day. Uh, don't run with your eyes closed. Follow me for more tips. <laughs> don't run with your eyes closed. Habakkuk two, verses one through four says this. I will stand my watch and, and station myself on the ramparts. I will look to see what he will say to me and what answer I am to give to this complaint. Then the Lord replied, Write down the revelation or the vision and make it plain on tablets so that a herald may run with it. For the revelation awaits an appointed time. It speaks of the end and will not prove false. Though it linger, wait for it. It will certainly come and it will not delay. See, the enemy is puffed up and his desires are not upright, but the righteous person will live by faith. Amen. Lord Jesus, we just pray that you'd help us today. You'd help us see the vision that you have for our life. Help us to see what you want us to do with our lives, to serve you and love you. God, speak to us. Give us a vision today. In Jesus' mighty name we pray, amen. Amen. You need vision for your life, amen? We need to have more than just a good vision for our life. We need to have God's vision for our life. Now, in my time as a missionary and as a pastor, I, you, know, you, you have to learn to share a good vision. You have to learn to, to cast a vision and, and, and hear from God and share what he's wanting to do. I've sat on a lot of committees and boards and things. Like, and, and this is an important topic, right? We all need vision for our life. If not, we end up running with our eyes closed. And that's not a good thing. 
Not, not a good thing for your physical safety, but it's certainly not a good way to live your life, right? And so when we look at that, we need to get vision. And we have, um, you know, Andy Stanley, he, he's a pastor and he wrote a book called Visioneering. And he talks about what is a good vision? You know, when you, when you see things, sometimes we can't even put our finger on it, but we say, man, that, that's exciting. That gets me, that gets me stirred. That, and he identifies there's four things. A good vision is passionate. A good vision will, will get you out of bed in the morning. It'll make you want to do something about um, what, a problem, solve an issue. A good vision will motivate you. A good vision will give you purpose. A good vision will give you direction. It will help you get where you need to get from point A to point B. We're not there yet, but that's where we're headed. That's a good vision. And you know, when we look at the world today, I think there's an endemic lack of purpose, direction, and motivation and purpose today. We look at so many people that are walking around with their eyes shut, running with their eyes shut, or maybe they do are running with their eyes open, but it's not the right vision. It's not God's vision for their life. And God wants you, he wants us to have his vision, what his vision is for life. And so let's quit running with our eyes closed and let's get a vision for what God wants to do. Amen? You see, and the first thing we, we see in this text in verse one, first thing I'd like to talk to you about is that vision is birthed in concern. If you need vision for your life, if you want to start to wrestle with this in your heart and say, God, I need vision in my life. I need your vision. The first thing we should probably look at is what, we're, what are we concerned about? Vision is birthed and concern. Habakkuk, the book of Habakkuk, if you go back and it's a short book, you could read it today, this afternoon when you get home. It's a great book. But it starts out with a common phrase that many of, that you and I have said, if we're honest. He says this. How long, O oh Lord? <laughs> How long, O oh Lord, will you let things go awry? How long, O oh Lord, will you let there be injustice? Will you let there be things evil in the world? See, the prophet Habakkuk didn't like the injustice that he saw. He was concerned about it, and he cried out to God, How long, O oh Lord? And you see, I think a lot of times you and I, we look at the world, and we see the things the way they are. We look at our country and the division, and we look at the problems, and we look at the world. We see like the Convoy of Hope video we just saw, and we see starving people, people without resources. We look at all these things, and our tendency is to go, how long? Our tendency is to do one of two things, is to either complain about it or to get concerned. And when we complain about it, we don't do anything. But if we can get concerned, if you can get concerned for your neighborhood, for the people in your life, for the people that need Jesus, for our neighborhoods and our schools and the violence, if we will get concerned about it, God will begin to give vision. God will begin to speak vision over our lives. And that's, that's why vision is birthed out of concern. You know, I'm a missionary and I showed the map of where we're at. And, and, and I'm concerned about a few things. You know, I'm concerned about those 30 unreached people groups in the Amazon rainforest. Because how in the world is that fair? If week after week we have access to the gospel and we hear the gospel preached, but then there's over 30 people groups in the Amazon rainforest simply because of their location in the world that have never heard the gospel. That concerns me. I'm concerned about our mega cities in Latin America, Rio de Janeiro, that has a an area of that city that has a trash dump called, they actually have a name for it, Gramachu, because it's a community of 5,000 people that live daily digging through the trash, looking for their daily bread. Does that concern, that concerns me. 
And God's given us a vision to, 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 to be part of that problem, to, to be part of solving that problem. So my question is for you this morning, what concerns you? What concerns you today? Is it injustice? Is it lost souls? Is it broken homes? Is it a divided country? What concerns you today? I, I, I want to invite you that if we can take that concern, and, and, and I know how it is. You know, sometimes I just, I don't watch the news very often because when I watch it, I kind of get angry. <laughs> Are you with me? And I don't care what you watch, you know, any, either, either new, any news channel. I just get upset and I just, I can't handle it. You see, when we get concerned about something and something stirs us, we can either complain about it or we can get concerned before the Lord. And what I want to invite you this morning is to get concerned before the Lord, to get concerned before the Lord about a certain situation because if we do that, he'll begin to speak vision because vision is birth and concern. The second thing we see about vision is this. Vision gives you momentum. Vision gives you momentum. Let's look at what it says in verse 2. The Lord replied, write down the revelation and make it plain on tablets so that a herald may run with it. Write down the vision or the revelation and make it plain so that a herald may run with it. That's interesting that he says that. He tells him to write it down and to have clear what the vision is from God because if you have that, then the person who has the vision can run with it. In other words, you're not running with your eyes closed. You're not running toward the wrong vision, but you're running to the vision of the, from the word of God and what he says and what he wants us to do. And so when we have the clear idea about what God wants to do in our lives or through our church, we can run with it. It gives us momentum. It, it gives us an impulse to go and move. So I go back to that question. What gets you out of bed in the morning other than coffee? That's a glorious sound in the morning. You, know, you put that coffee maker on automatic timer and you can smell it. I mean, that gets me out of bed in the morning. But what gets you out of bed and keeps you out of bed? What excites you this morning? Could it be that God might use that to give you momentum, to give you a clear vision, to run with a vision? I, was, I know the vision of this church is right on the door as you walk in to reach, teach, and disciple so sometimes we may say, well, I don't know what my vision is. I don't know. Well, this is a good place to start. What's the vision of your church? What's the vision of Cowboy Church? It's to reach and to teach and disciple. And I know maybe some of you might say, hey, I'm not a preacher. Don't, don't tell me about teaching or preaching. I'm not a preacher. That's not me. And, and, and I would argue the contrary. I would say that you are one of the best evangelists around. You are already an evangelist. Did you know that? You may have never stepped up in a pulpit, but you love something, and that thing that you love is the thing you talk about the most. And the thing that is we talk about the most and we give our money and time and, and joy and passion to, that thing is you're an evangelist for that thing. Now, I said in the first service, and people started looking at me because it slipped out. It just came out. It revealed where I'm from. I'm from Cowtown, Fort Worth. So the Dallas Cowboys have always been, you know, in my heart. I grew up in the, I mean, the glory days, you know, of the Dallas Cowboys. I said, if you love the Dallas Cowboys, everyone around you is going to love, is going to know about it. If you love, okay, the Houston Texans, now you're going to say amen, right? You love the Houston Texans, everyone around you is going to know about it because you'll talk about it. You'll go to the games and you'll post it on Instagram and go into the game. What you love, you talk about, you're, in a, so to speak, an evangelist for that. I'm a food evangelist. I love a good, I mean, my mom is a 
uh, she taught me how to cook because when I went away to college, I didn't want to eat like everybody. I said, Mom, teach me. And, and I'm a, when we're out eating with my family, I said, oh, you've got to try this. Just try it. It's the greatest thing ever. And I'm passionate about it because I love food. <laughs> and when we love Jesus, when we love something, when we're passionate about a vision, it gives us momentum. And what we need to understand is we don't have to try to be evangelists. We already are of something. The point is, though, it needs to be the right something. It needs to be the right vision. It needs to be the right thing that comes out of the word of God, that comes straight from the throne of heaven. The Holy Spirit has spoken it to us. In 2005, I was at a conference for young ministers, and I was hiding in the back. So I didn't want to come up. I've always been timid. I didn't want to come up front, so I was trying to hide in the back. And I even got down. I was almost hiding under the, last, uh, under the back row. And God gave me a vision. He gave me a vision of South America. And it had a tiny flame burning in the country of Chile. And that flame was like a flame when a candle's just about to go out. And it just barely flickered. But all of a sudden, for no reason, that tiny flame shot out. And it lit up another country. And then that flame inside Chile that was weak grew. And then it grew a little more. And then it shot out a little more. And it kept growing. And every time it sent out uh, another flame... It got a little stronger in Chile, and you can imagine how that vision ended before long. Everything was on fire, and I'm telling you, you get a vision like that from God. That We ran with it. You can run with that, and so what I want to ask you this morning is, what would happen if you could get a vision for God, what, what God's vision for your life? What would happen if we could get a, a vision of what God wants to do in this world that when we look at the Bible, it's very clearly Plain that his vision is that every knee would bow and every tongue would confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. His vision is that not one person would perish, but that all would have eternal life. His vision is that disciples would be made in all nations. His vision is that our neighbors and our families and that if one person in our family would give his life to the Lord, that the household would come under the Lordship of Christ. That's his vision. Do you share that vision this morning? Do you share that vision to reach, teach, and disciple in your community as, you, as you're part of this church? That's God's vision. And I think sometimes we can learn from other believers like, you might have heard of him, John Wesley. You might have heard of the Methodist Church. He was the founder of the Methodist Church. And he, uh, John Wesley, back in the day, he was an Anglican minister and he, they had things called parishes. It still had that system today where they would assign a minister to a geographical area. And this is your parish. And this is where you minister and you don't step out of that and you definitely don't step out of the pulpit to share God's word. That would be, they thought, a vulgar thing. But the Holy Spirit, God gave a vision to John Wesley and it was a vision of, of that, the, that people would know Christ and not just inside the church, but outside the church. So John Wesley, he, he broke protocol. <laughs> he broke protocol and he started going to the mines and he started going at 5.30, 5, 5 o'clock in the morning to preach the gospel to the miners and, the, and all his leadership said, you're being a vulgar minister. You're sharing the word of God outside the pulpit. How could you do such a thing? And John, he said, they said, stay in your parish. John Wesley said, the world is my parish. He said, the world is my, par my parish. What if we got John Wesley's view? And we said, my work is my parish. 
My family is my parish. The rope and pen is my parish. The local cafe is my parish. Wherever I go, God, wherever you place me, that is my parish and I will preach the gospel. When we get a hold of God's vision, the world becomes our parish. And that vision gives us momentum. But there's something else we need to learn about it. And it's in the third verse. Vision is a process. Vision is a process. Let's read in verse three. For the revelation or the vision awaits an appointed time. It speaks of the end and will not prove false. Though it linger, wait for it. It will certainly come and will not delay. You know, there's a funny thing about God's vision. Sometimes we perceive it as a no, and it's just a not yet. Sometimes we look at what God has said to us, spoken to us in prayer, and we say, Lord, how long? And it's not a no, it's just a not yet. Sometimes what we need to understand is his delay is because he's working in us. He's working in us to get us ready. He's working in us uh, to a, a process in the circumstances in us to make us ready for what he wants to do. You see, God's working doesn't happen in social media speed. God's working is a process and he works in us. So I wanna ask you, what is God's vision for your life? What has God spoke to you? If, if we don't know, we need to get it. And at the end of the service, as we, as we have a time of just ending up a prayer, I wanna invite you to, Pray about it. What, God, what do you want for my life? What do you want me to do? Where is my parish? Who, with who can I share the gospel? And the thing is, whatever God speaks, realize there's a process that comes with it and he wants to work in us. And we need to understand that just because it doesn't happen in social media speed, God's vision will come to pass. God's vision will, hey, God spoke the vision of the South America and the flames being shot out in 2005, but it wasn't in 2020 until we began to see that come to pass. 2020, it was like, worst year. <laughs> but we began to see God bring that vision 15 years later to come to pass. Matter of fact, I want to show you a picture of a young woman that is part of that story. Her name is Daniela Mora. And here in a moment, you'll get a picture of her. But Daniela was one of our leaders in our ministry. God changed her life in, in Conex, or Chi Alpha in Chile. We call it Conexión. Uh, Chialpa just doesn't translate right. And so he, we, she got her life changed in the ministry, was a student, and God gave her a vision. God gave her a vision to, to start a group on her campus. And so she decided that she would go to the gym one morning to try to find people to build her small group with. And she made a prayer that, well, let's just say it wasn't a safe prayer. You know what I mean when I say a safe prayer? And sometimes we can say, Lord, let it be hot in Texas. Well, that's an easy one, right? <laughs> I mean, it's nice, cool weather, but you know it's going to be hot again. <laughs> Lord, let the sun come up tomorrow. Hallelujah. <laughs> I'm a man of faith. We know he's going to do it. It's a safe prayer, and that's okay. I think we could start there. But she prayed a prayer that was, let's just say, a dangerous prayer, an unsafe prayer, she, a prayer that without the working of God, it wasn't going to happen, but, without, but he had spoken a vision over her life. And so she said, Lord, give, I'm going to the gym. Give me two Chinese girls. Now, where, who comes up with that? <laughs> You're in southern Chile, 
And she says, Lord, give me two Chinese girls. And so she goes to the gym, and I love to hear her tell the story because she goes, just so you know this story's true, uh, it was the one time I went to the gym that morning. <laughs> that whole year was the one time I went to the gym. And she goes and she gets on the treadmill and she's jogging, and all of a sudden she feels somebody uh, get on the treadmill next to her, and she looks over, and it's a young Asian woman. And she about flies off the back of her treadmill and she, she gets her composure and she, she's jogging. All of a sudden she looks over and there's another young Asian woman. She can't contain it. She starts talking to him. She asks, where are you from? And there were two Chinese exchange students in southern Chile and God put in her path. She shared the gospel with him. Because God gave her a vision to reach those girls, and she shared the gospel with them. They gave their life to Jesus. They went back to China, got baptized in a house church. One of their uncles was sick with cancer, but they had taught her in Chile. They said, if you lay hands on the sick and pray, they'll be healed. And so that's what they did, and he got healed. And she said, that was the moment God gave me a vision. I have to give my life to missions. Said, I can't do anything else but spend my life and be spent is a missionary. And so she's going to do it. She's going to be going soon. You see, when you have vision, when you have vision, God works a process and he'll bring it to pass. That's what I want to encourage you with. He'll bring the vision to pass. What has God spoken over your life? What has he done? Well, he'll, he'll bring it to pass. And I think the last thing as we wrap up is in verse four. Because he'll bring it to pass, but there's something we need to understand. Vision depends Upon faithfulness. Vision depends upon faithfulness. If we want God to speak over our lives a vision, we have to be willing to be faithful to the vision. And I believe this with all my heart. God's called each and every one of you to, to be an agent of peace and of the gospel message to others. He's called all of you to be evangelists, not just of the Houston Texans, but he's called you to be evangelists of the Lord Jesus Christ to share the gospel wherever you go. Jesus said in John 20, 21 to his disciples, and he said it to all the disciples, not just the select few, not just the best looking ones. Actually, none of them are really good looking. Not just the most intelligent ones or the, most, or the richest ones because there was very few that had money. But he looks at all the disciples and he said, as the Father has sent me, so send I you. And so what Jesus says to you this morning is he sent me to the world to the cross. So send I you. Jesus is sending you to seek and save the lost. He's sending you to give peace and hope through the message of the gospel. And my prayer is that he would give you a vision this morning, that he would give you a vision for what he wants for your life. And that that vision will begin to a process in you and that you will see that vision come to pass because without a clear vision, so many people, so many people are just walking around, running around with their eyes closed. We live our lives just nine to five, get it done, existing, sports games. There's so many things. We're just running without a clear vision. Jesus has a clear vision for your life. And I want to invite you this morning to to be part of what he wants to do through your life. And so you may be looking at me this, this morning, you may be tracking with me, but you also might be new to this and you might be saying, I have no clue what you're talking about. 
I don't even know where to start. There's a vision for my life. My life's a mess. <laughs> maybe you don't know where to start. Maybe you, do, maybe you don't even know where to look first. There's a verse in the Bible that says, in Hebrews 12, 2, it says, fix our eyes on Jesus. If you don't know where to start, fix your eyes on Jesus. If you don't know where to start to live with vision, God's vision for your life, fix your eyes on Jesus. It says he's the author and the perfecter of faith. Let Jesus be the author of your story this morning. Let Jesus be the author that brings vision and peace and hope and passion and motivation and direction to your life. Let Jesus be your vision. Fix your eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of your faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of, of God. Look at Jesus. Start with him. Let him be the author of your story. He endured the cross for you and for me, and he called it joy. That's a glorious paradox right there. He endured the cross for you and for me, and he called it joy. So my, my hope is that if you're here, would you get what's called a heavenly vision this morning? There's a song. I had that song in my heart this morning. I was driving down from Huntsville where we're living this year. I was driving down and had that song, Turn Your Eyes Upon Jesus. You know that song's called the heavenly vision? That's what it's, the actual name of it. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face. And the things of this earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. Jesus invites you to look on him this morning. Fix your eyes on Jesus. You know what I love about that story is it was inspired by a missionary to Algeria. Lilius Trotter, she wrote a, an evangelistic track. But there's a ver another verse of that song that most people don't know. It says, his word will not fail you, he promised. His word will not fail you, he promised. Just be true to him and all will be well. And then go to a world that is dying. His perfect salvation to tell. So Jesus this morning invites all of us to look to him, to look to the cross. And, when he, and let him bring his peace and salvation and restoration in your life and in your marriage. Let him give you a vision for your life and your family. Let him speak vision over you. But then he wants you to take that and share it with others. So I want to invite everybody just to, just to close your eyes this morning. And maybe you're here, and, and, and as I mentioned, you're, you are not in a place to say, yeah, I need a vision for my life. You just don't know where to start. I want to invite you, if you're there, if that's you, and you say, Jesus, I just need to look at you. I need you to be my Savior. I want to invite you this morning, if you if maybe just be so bold, with everybody's eyes are closed. Would you raise your hand this morning? We want to put a Bible in your hand right over here. Keep that hand raised for a moment. We want to put a Bible in your hand, and we want to talk to you afterwards. Right over here. Is there anybody else you'd say, yes, I need to look at Jesus for the first time today. I need to give my life to him. I need him to give me vision. Is there anybody else? Just raise your hand if that's you. 
okay, we're going to pray. We're going to turn our eyes on Jesus this morning. And if you, those of you that raised your hand and got a Bible put in it, would you, just after this, if you'd come up and talk to Pastor Randy, he wants to talk to you. He wants to pray with you as well. But I'm just going to pray for all of us this morning that Jesus would give us a vision of himself. So join me in prayer this morning. Father, we, we thank you for the cross. We thank you that when we look at Jesus, we see the cross. We see, we see your love. We see your forgiveness. And, and God, we need that in our lives. We pray in Jesus' name that you would, all that you intended to do at the cross, Lord, would be done in my life today. All that you intended for the cross would, would be done in my heart. And would you, would you just, Lord, give us a new chance, a new life to walk with you? Because, Lord, you didn't stay on the cross, but you rose again, and I believe that. I confess with my mouth, and I believe that you were raised from the dead. And I give you my life, Lord Jesus. Work in me, work through me. Forgive me and make me your child today in Jesus' name. And Lord, for all of us, whether we've been walking with you for two minutes or for 20 years, Lord God, would you give us vision to be part of what you're doing? Vision to serve you and your kingdom, Lord. Would you give us a vision of a neighbor, a family member, somebody in our lives that needs Jesus? Lord, would you make our vision be that vision that says the world is my parish. The world is my place of service. Help us go and take the message of Jesus to those that need it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Pastor Randy's going to come up here and close us out. needs Jesus. Amen. So let's all do our part. Thank you. Beautiful, beautiful. Man, we, we've got to have a vision. Got to have a vision. God, restore vision and, and, and make it clear. Help us to be faithful to it. I just pray that God will bless you, Lord, and I pray that you keep your hand on everybody as they go out into this world this, this week. I pray that you would help us to have a new perspective on people that we come in contact with, Lord, that as we see them, we, we see them as our ministry and as our mission field and as we are missionaries sent out by you, oh God. Help us to evangelize as you have called us to evangelize and to be excited about the things that you're excited about. Thank you, Lord, and help us to be faithful in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. amen. God bless y'all. Thank you so much. Love you.